Welcome to Permission to Kick Ass, a podcast about leaving self-doubt in the dust, punching fear in the face, and taking bold action toward your biggest dreams. I'm Angie Coley, and let's get to it. Hey everyone, it is Angie Coley, and today I've got a really, really awesome person as my guest. Her name is Rachel Mazza, and she is the Chief Marketing Officer for a site that is near and dear to my heart, Copy Chief. Uh, And she also has this really awesome podcast called Business of Writing. So I really wanted to get her perspective because this is someone I really have admired for several years now. And uh, she just sets her mind to doing these really big things, achieving these big goals. And it doesn't matter what stands in her way. She just decides to get it done. So welcome, Rachel Mazza. Thank you. And can I just say that if you ever come out with a service where you can just jazz people up before they start their day, I would be... (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I do need to offer that. Like, I'll just record you your own personal greeting that reminds you, you can do the thing. Yeah. Permission to kick ass affirmations is definitely on the books, please. (laughs) Writing that down. Before we got on this call, I asked you to think up, you know, a recent experience or a past experience that made you a little bit leery, made you a little bit scared, or was a really big challenge. So did you did you come up with one? Yeah, it's actually um, probably since we're, we're, we're talking about it is uh, becoming CMO of Copy Chief. It was a big leap for me because I had only, I'd had an agency in the past. So I had led teams and, and such, but I'd mostly worked one-on-one with clients and was always the service provider, right? And would, would do the thing. And so even if I wasn't exactly sure how to do the thing, I knew I could figure it out. Where switching to CMO is much different because you have to think up the strategy and then think through all the things that could go wrong and then think through all the things that could be confusing or or be taken out of context or or executed in a way that doesn't fulfill your ultimate plan and then trust other people to execute that for you. And so that was a big shift in my thinking. It was a big responsibility too. No, I, I like that you brought that up because it is a different way of thinking, but you said something really important that I think a lot of people miss, especially a lot of entrepreneurs as they first start out in their journey. And that is, I trust myself to figure it out. I've seen so many people, even students that I've coached that were starting careers as entrepreneurs, as freelance writers, that were just like, I, I don't know what to do. How do I do this? I don't know what to do. You live in the age of Google, my baby doll. You can find out anything with a few keystrokes. Trust yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a big proponent for Googling your way to success. I, <laughs> from the very first business I ever had to things like how to find clients, like things like that. I've definitely Googled my way through most of the early stages of all of the businesses I've run. And there's been quite a collection. <laughs> you know, I would say that like even the, the key to entrepreneurship or in life in general is just being resourceful. You don't have to know what you're doing. <laughs> you just have to be able to figure it out. Yeah, I think one of the uh, when I first this lesson really sunk in for life is um, before I was a copywriter years ago. This is probably ten, almost ten years ago now. I was doing technical writing. That was my first foray into uh, freelance writing. Is I would write these textbooks and curriculums for uh, universities and online training and vocational training in Australia because I was living there at the time. And it would be things like certificate in meat processing or diploma in child services, things that I had 
absolutely no idea about and no business writing about. <laughs> and I would just Google the information. Like they would, they would give me a list of things that were going to be taught in the course. And I would Google the information and I would write the textbook, which is a bit scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I, it was approved by the government. So apparently it was good enough. And so if you think that you don't know or you're not an expert, trust me that everyone's just figuring it out as they go along. <laughs> Oh, yeah. If it's become apparent to me at any point in my life, there's one universal truth. It's the expertise comes from the doing, oh, yeah. not from the studying. So I love that you were just like, all right, I'm going to figure this out. Google, here we go. Yeah. I've always been very much a, uh, much to the chagrin of, of my lifetime partner, Bronco. I've always been a leap first and look and ask questions later. So <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a ready, aim, aim, aim. Aim again, aim, okay, fire type of person. Yep. All you can do is surround yourself with people who will catch you on the way down. Yes, yes. And well, I mean, it's important to surround yourself with people that move at different paces too and show you different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So I think that's pretty cool. So tell me more about Copy Chief and becoming CMO. You mentioned that it was a different way of thinking, but were there any challenges that you encountered that, that come to mind? A lot of internal challenges like trusting yourself. I feel like I've recently come to the realization that I felt for most of my life like maybe my ideas and opinions weren't as important as other people around me, that they weren't as uh, valid or tested. And it's only recently in the last couple of years that I've realized like, hey, I actually do have good ideas. Things work. And guess what? No one has all the answers. So as long as you can think through the potential uh, challenges that can come up with with executing your ideas and and be ready to deal with those and be ready to be resourceful, then absolutely put yourself out there. And so I think that was a big internal shift for me is just trusting, again, that I knew how to figure it out. I was confident that I could come up with solutions as we ran into obstacles. But it took a while for me to sink into that and be comfortable with it. I feel that on such a like deep spiritual level. <laughs> <laughs> Some part of my soul was reaching out and going, oh man, I, I feel this. You know, what's funny is um, it's, it's all, what I've learned is it's all about uh, exploring and seeing what's possible as well. Like I remember the first time I was like, I'm not doing any other projects for less than, a, less than 5K or something like that. I was working for a SaaS company and this was years ago in China. And I was like reading through their, I was actually director of marketing there as well. And I was reading through their email sequences and stuff and they were just so bad. <laughs> they were so bad. And I was like, who wrote these? And they're like, oh, we hired this guy. Um, he's like a digital nomad and we paid him 10K to write our email welcome sequences. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? I was like, I was charging like 300 bucks for an email sequence. And I was just like, I could write way better than this. And I was able to kind of shift my mindset around what I was worth and what I should be paid and what was possible because I saw that I could play in the same field as someone that was charging way more and just had, just because they had the gall to ask for it. <laughs> oh God. I had a similar experience actually. And it was with copy chief because I helped Kevin once upon a time and I still help him place copywriters and clients together. And part of that in the early days, as we were exploring what this would look like, we had a spreadsheet based off a, a Google survey where they filled out different answers about their levels of expertise and questions about the clients that they work with, the projects they're available for, the number of years that they had been doing this, the types of niche and, niches and writing that they did. 
it populated this spreadsheet and I'm starting to go through this data on the back end. And I'm in this, I have answered this too. I'm in this spreadsheet as somebody that could potentially take clients. And the big shocker to me as I'm going through everyone's data was there was 30 people that had taken this survey and I knew some of them were out there quoting outrageous amounts and landing these super big name like celebrity clients And they had six months of experience or 18 months of experience. And I had six years at that point. And I had just been telling myself this whole time that I didn't have as much experience as these people that were going out there pitching these big name projects at these, you know, ridiculous seeming prices to me at the time. And that was a real eye opener to me that was like, oh, wow, I'm the one that's holding me back. Right. Yeah. Maybe we can coin this term compare culture or something where it's like you see what people are putting out on social media and you don't realize that everything is designed to create an an image and a perception so that they can approach a relationship in a certain way. Right. So you're creating as we do this all the time as marketers, we put ourselves out there in a certain light so that we can approach clients or clients can approach us and we can be come from a, a, a position of authority and expertise and and have that that dynamic going into the relationship and we get swept up in, in that even though we know how it works like we do it for a living and we still get swept up in it and compare ourselves and think that we can't possibly be as good not realizing that's a crafted message right mhm well and the thing that i've noticed over the years it's a combination of factors right the good marketing and good positioning is really really simple So in a way, marketers have made it seem way more complicated than it is. And then that feeds into the notion as you're growing your expertise that it can't be this simple. Mm. I have to add more. Like Nobody's going to pay me for this thing that comes really easily to me. And they're certainly not going to pay a lot because if, if I'm not putting in maximum effort, I shouldn't get maximum dollars. But the first time I wrote an email sequence that generated multiple millions of dollars in sales, and it was just three emails. It had to have been like less than 300 words total and $8.4 million in sales over 60 days. I was like, oh, okay. I'm starting to understand this concept of time and dollars aren't necessarily connected. Yeah. And we do this as well in our own lives. We complicate things. Like I actually just read an awesome email from Margot Aaron, who is a phenomenal copywriter. Her website, uh, thatseemsimportant.com, I find hilarious. She wrote this amazing email about how being comfortable and being being content with being like, hey, I'm a regular person with a regular life and I'm pretty happy with it is actually seen as such a negative thing in our society right now is just being content is there's got to be something wrong with you if you're not, if you're not, you know what I mean? If you're not pushing and and striving. And it's something that I've been trying to dial back as well because I'm very much internally plugged into like hustle, hustle. So I've been trying to be more content and also express that. Like when people say like, oh, how are you? And it's like, actually things are really good and try and remember that and not feel like you're always missing something. So you have to push harder. And so we do the same thing in, in, that we do in marketing in our own lives or we complicate it either to make ourselves feel more important because we're busy and, and struggling or just because we feel like we're not allowed to have it, that simplicity. Oh, yes. Uh, I feel that on a <laughs> spiritual level too because... I grew up with a single mom with three kids. She's a great mom. I'm a big fan. And she did several uh, entrepreneurial side hustles as she was working her night job to support us. And I just, she worked so hard. And and that was the really the only example I had growing up. Just work really, really, really hard. And someday you'll get somewhere. 
Mm. <laughs> We're not going to tell you what that path looks like, but just work really hard and, and go to college and date someone for a while and get engaged and then get married and get a house and have kids. And these are the steps that you follow. And happiness is a natural byproduct of this equation, this series of steps that you followed. It just occurred to me that I had been following this set of steps blindly because that's what I was always told to do. And then I was pissed that I didn't get the thing I was promised. (laughs) And it's so funny to me how many of those subconscious narratives just take hold in our lives and become the path that we follow without really thinking about it. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, Rachel. Wow. That it got a lot deeper than I thought it was going to get, but it was so good. Thank you for coming on and being my guest. That was amazing. Um, And do you have anywhere people can check out your work? Yeah, definitely. They can check me out at rachelmazza.com. Or if you are a writer or you want to learn about freelancing and and getting paid well for it, we've got a podcast at businessofwritingpodcast.com as well with my co-host, Laura Gale. That's a good one. And you know, I'm I'm going to do a little shameless self-plug, but I was one of the early guests on Business of Writing and it is an amazing podcast. Yes, that's an amazing episode. So please link your episode in the show notes of this because that is such a great episode. All right, I will do. Thank you so much, Rachel. I appreciate you. No worries. Talk to you soon. So that is it. Another awesome episode of Permission to Kick Ass on the Books. If you want to know more about the show, if you want to know more about me, Angie Coley, and the mission I'm on to help entrepreneurs punch fear in the face and do big, bold things, then head on over to permissiontokickass.com. That is all one word together, permissiontokickass.com. Make sure to sign up for my email list so that you know whenever there's a hot, fresh, and ready podcast episode out for you. And also on Mondays, I like to send out a little newsletter called Kick Monday's Ass. I'm sure you're totally totally surprised by that. So thank you for being here with me today. I'm Angie Coley. Make sure that you share this with a friend that needs to hear this message today. Like it, share it, comment wherever you're listening to this today. And let's go kick some ass.